1: This week on Parents are Hard to Raise, health and wellness expert Dr. Felice Gersh is back with more great advice to keep our aging parents and us living our lives to the fullest. Join 180 million monthly subscribers who can now listen to Parents are Hard to Raise on Spotify.
2: The parents are hard to raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert, Diane Barardi. Longtime listeners will recognize my next guest, mostly because she's among my favorite guest medical experts. Dr. Felice Gersh is a true pioneer in her field, a rare combination of an award winning physician, double board certified both in OBGYN and integrative medicine, and a tireless champion of women's health. She holds degrees from Princeton University, the University of Southern California School of Medicine, and the University of Arizona School of Medicine. Dr. Gersh serves as medical director of the Integrative Medical Group of Irvine, California. She also writes and speaks internationally on integrative medicine and women's health. You can hear her weekly broadcast, A Healthy Perspective, on KRLA Radio, AM 870 in Los Angeles. Felice, welcome back to Parents Are Hard to Raise.
3: Well, I'm so happy to be here and join you and your wonderful audience.
2: <laughs> well, thank you.
3: And we were just talking about, um,
2: before the show, uh, Felice asked, you know, how my parents were doing, and actually, it's been a good week for both of them. But I, I as uh, the crazy caregiver... Um, you know, sometimes you're so preoccupied. And I was not able to go uh up to see my parents this weekend, because I got this crazy cold bug, whatever has been going around, and it kind of goes away and then comes back. And so I didn't want to um, infect them. And they're doing good right at the moment. So I said to my husband, um, we had a few errands to run. So we went to one store and we parked in the first slot um, you know, right near the store. So then we re- went to another store and I said to him, you know, I really would love to have a glass of wine and I, I just don't have any wine in the house. So I-, I said, just let's go to the liquor store and I'm, I'm just going to run in. He said, oh, okay, I'll just wait in the car. So, you know, we parked, uh, he parked and um, I'm, I'm, I see where he parks, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to run into the store. So I run into the liquor store, and I run, and I get the wine, and I come out. And for some reason, I see in the first slot a car that's the same color as my car. So I go to the back, the passenger side, um, the back door, and I said, you know what? I'm going to just put the bottles of wine on the floor there. So I open the back door, and I see legs. And, <laughs> <laughs> and this woman... There's four women sitting in the car, two in the front and two in the back. And the woman where I opened the door, she jumps back and she goes, oh. And I look and I say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I said, I I came to the wrong car. And so I said, I'm so embarrassed. I said, I'm so sorry. You know, my car is the same color. And so... They said to me, Oh, what do you have there? You look like you have <laughs> Let's have a party. <laughs> they, said, they said, Don't worry about it. Come on in. They said, and, uh, go one more in this car. <laughs> right. Just let's pop the wine. So I could not remember where the car was.
3: I had to call my husband and say, Where are we <laughs> that, so. You know, it's these little stories that just liven up every conversation <laughs> and, and just give us so, so much joy and, and when you have a happy ending like meeting some nice stranger women yeah. sitting in a car <laughs> so, I know. so i love it oh. you know we need we need to have some always some lightness in our lives you know when because you know it's life is peppered with this the very serious and then yeah. we have these little fun moments so that is beautiful i was i, I got to my
2: uh my my car, where my husband was, I could not even tell him the story. I was laughing and crying so hard. And he was <laughs> looking at me like, what's going on? I was like, oh, my gosh, you're never going to believe what I did this time. But anyway, yeah, so, so Fleece, you have something, one of my favorite topics, uh, male versus
3: female uh, differences for us to talk about. Yes, I, I lecture all over on the differences between males and females because it's a very sad thing for women that almost all the scientific studies have been done on men because up until actually 2015, it wasn't even required that women be in any studies wow. and that they even they even... Acknowledge what the gender makeup was of the study subjects, you know, and so they didn't and men are simpler You know men are not in menopause (laughs) or out of menopause using hormones or not. They can't get pregnant They can't you know have cycles the way women do so they just would choose to use men and there really are some dramatic inherent differences between men and women and what I wanted to talk about were these really basic differences that, that go even beyond the hormonal differences that are built into our genes, those amazing genes called the sex chromosomes.
2: Sure, yeah, let's do it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so many, many, many millions and millions of years ago, there was the very beginning of the first sex chromosome, the Y chromosome. And it is a very amazing thing. There's a very specific gene that developed, the SRY gene, that actually enabled the testes of the male to develop. But it, it was more than that. It turns out that it's not, we used to think until very recently that it was only involved with sexual function in making hormones like testosterone, it turns out that this gene, the SRY, is actually embedded in the brain, and it's different. This gene is actually one of the reasons why males have more Parkinson's disease than women. So there's these very basic inherent differences built into our sex chromosomes. So if we go back to the Y chromosome, it's much, much smaller than the X chromosome, and what happened was that it stopped relocating the genes on it and didn't didn't cross over so many of the genes became mutated and eventually were deleted and it became a very short little chromosome but very essential so it happened then you'd have with a male an X and a Y and the females would have two X's so they would have far more genetic material so it would be a very big imbalance so what happened is over time one of the X chromosomes in a female would, it would be a random thing, would be deactivated, so you'd have only one X chromosome in both a male and a female that was actually working. But it turns out that about 15% of the genes on the inactivated X chromosome are actually still active, and many of those genes are involved with the immune function and immune health hmm. and as well it turns out that during the embryologic stage of life that there's actually a period of time when neither of the x chromosomes was inactivated and both are working and it actually programs the body and the, the brain of the female to actually be a little bit more Effective in a lot of ways, it turns out that in the embryonic stage, that females can do certain very important functions that they call methylation, acetylation. So these are things that help to preserve DNA, and the female embryo has this more robustly going on. So it turns out that at every stage of life, including during the fetal life, that females have a survival advantage wow. and and live. You know, there's more females born than males, more male fetuses die. And even in childhood, if a child, a boy child is actually more prone to getting viral infections and is more likely to actually die. Of course, nowadays, fortunately, those kinds of things are rare. But if you go back before we had modern medicine, there were, if you had a little boy child get sick or a little girl, the little girl had a substantially better chance of surviving and it goes throughout the whole life. And one of the most interesting ways that you can look at this is also the fact that we females have chromosomes on the X chromosome from both the male, our dad, and also the the mom. So it turns out that we have sort of a balance. So if you have a bad gene on one X chromosome from one parent, the other one probably doesn't have that bad gene, and so it balances it out. That's why only males have the sex-linked diseases like muscular, uh, muscular dystrophy or hemophilia because we have another gene. Even if we have one bad one, we have another good one that helps right. to balance it out. And, it's, and the way that you can actually see this actually in action is a calico cat. So a calico cat, which is going to be partly orange and partly black. What it means is that one parent was a black cat, one parent was an orange cat, and in the one one X chromosome is inactivated in every cell, and so you have this black and orange randomness. So you have, you know, it's completely random. So parts of the cat are orange and parts of the cat are black. It's approximately 50/50, and that's what happens in women. So we have this really interesting balance between the X chromosomes coming from the, the mom and one from the dad. So we do have this in innate advantage, which yeah. we, um, you know, should just be aware of. And, um, and then we can also think about, well, what can we do if you're, if you know, for our males, you know, cause right. they don't have this advantage. So what can we do? And, you know, of course, this is statistical when we talk about survivability, because certainly there are men who live to be well over 100. But if you go to nursing homes, you do see or, you know, if you go to retirement, yeah. like we, I live near a place called Laguna Woods, which is um, used to be called Leisure World. And it's, <laughs> it's like... Like, I love that name, Leisure World, (laughs) (laughs) like in our dreams, right? Leisure World. (laughs) But, um, yeah, and so if you go and hang out at what was formerly called Leisure World, (laughs) you do find a preponderance of elderly women. And it's like, so what's with that? Well, it's, it's really, when you think about it, if you had an epidemic, you know, some kind of viral epidemic, and you had... A very significant part of the population die or succumb to it, and you ended up with ten males to every female surviving. Well, that's the end of the human race. You know, if you have one one female to every ten males, that would be a problem. But if you had ten females right. to every male, well, yeah. it'd be interesting. But you know, right. the, the human race could definitely repopulate and continue. Yeah. So nature builds in this female advantage and it's really i believe about reproductive success and perpetuation of the species because you know everything evolved for the purpose of whether we like it or not right. of creating new life you know everything is about creating new life and surviving to raise the children and then letting them get to the age that they can then create new life right. and you just you just have to have those females to they're Oh, you know, for raising children, having children. So nature built this little advantage in in for us. But things are changing now as well. It used to be, okay, so males statistically are more prone to having non-reproductive type cancers. Of course, you take breast cancer out of the picture, ovarian, that type. When you look at common organs, you know, Mm -hmm. that we have in common, like lung, kidney, that type of thing, in, pa- in the past, they were very dominant male cancers, really? much more okay. prevalent in males. But now we're finding women. It used to be when I was in medical school, I was taught that kidney cancer was and, and bladder cancer, for example, were almost always in men. Wow. But that's not true right. anymore because one of the other advantages that females have, of course, has been estrogen. And estrogen modulates the immune system as well, but we live in a very interesting, challenging world now that is filled with endocrine disruptors, these chemicals you know that are challenging our body 's ability to function properly so suddenly we 're getting women having what we used to what used to be predominantly male cancers at much much higher rates so now there are plenty of women getting kidney cancer yeah. and um bladder cancer, pancreatic cancer, all of these cancers that used to be far more prevalent in males are happening much more commonly now in, in females. And it really, it's really a challenge. And we have to think, like, why is this happening? Like, what's changing? Right. Because our, our chromosomes and our genes aren't changing. But what's, what happens is they are changing in their expression. So there's this whole thing called epigenetics, And the fact that we females have this advantage in utero where way back when we're little embryos, when we have two X chromosomes before one gets inactivated and two are working very robustly for that little bit of time. And they're doing these amazing processes called methylation and acetylation, which actually programs... Our genes in a different way. They call that epigenetics. So it's not just about having the genes, it's how they're expressed. And, and so even without changing your DNA, you can change how genes actually work. And if you have modifications because of nutritional deficiencies, environmental toxins, you can actually then reprogram the genes in what we call epigenetics to then perhaps work in a less favorable manner, which makes women more, unfortunately, instead of bringing the men up to the female, you know, where they have higher survivability, it's taking the women down to the males and giving them reduced survivability because their innate benefits are being taken away by our, you know, ubiquitous environmental toxins. And this starts, of course, in utero and then during critical periods of life, and after menopause, women are more susceptible to just about everything because of their loss of estrogen.
2: Wow. I You know, that's, it's amazing, but, you know, when I think about it, um, I always remember in school, we were always more females in school, you know, in classrooms, and then, of course, in all the retirement communities, in the, in the nursing homes, um, there's always more women than men.
3: Yes, and you know what? There's actually been some recent articles that more female babies are being born now than ever. And what may be happening is that in the very earliest stages of pregnancy, you know, before even a woman maybe knows she's pregnant, yeah. um, that just you know, the first week or two after conception, after the egg is fertilized, that the little embryos, these really tiny, just beginning embryos that are male, they're not making it they're like dying off and so wow. the woman may not even recognize that she's having a miscarriage uh, or she may you know have like a period that's late something like that and she doesn't even realize it but this, this, the, the number of female babies being born is increasing it 's always just a tiny bit more, but it seems like it 's increasing that we 're going to have a world of females we 've got to get more males here yeah. you know it 's going to be you know we don 't want we 't I really was kind of joking you know, that we 'd have ten females to every male I really didn 't want that right you know yeah. we have to nurture and take care of our males extra <laughs> extra carefully, but it really is it 's a challenging thing, and it really just brings unfortunately really to focus that we have to take care of our earth and our you know what, what's happening in in the whole world at large you know you look at plastic oceans and things like that and then you wonder where it's all going to lead yeah um so what do we do about our men <laughs> How do we... well i think we should start from the very very beginning and recognizing that male babies are less likely to you know they, they have this survivability disadvantage they actually there are some studies that show that male babies are more likely to be rehospitalized in the first couple of months of life after birth so all male babies hopefully should be breastfed and you know, really nurtured you know and get everything when they get started i mean this females too of course is the same but just right. sort of like with an extra emphasis on male that they <clears throat> that they have all organic baby food you know because these are very critical developmental times i mean every time in life is important but right. this is like the most critical the time when you're being made and <laughs> when you're a fetus and then the first few lo- couple of years of life those are the years, those are, that's the time when your immune system is developing. You know, And it's really amazing that the first two years is when the gut microbiome, which we've touched on, right. the gut microbiome is being created, which actually creates immune tolerance. It allows your body to know what food is, and what is not food. And that's one of the problems. I'm sure you've heard that the incidence of food allergies is yeah. skyrocketing right. now. It's like crazy. When I'm sure it was the same for you. When I was a kid, it was like, who, who was worried about eating peanuts? Right, you know, no one, you, right. just, no one, you know, you went to the baseball game, you watched the Yankees, yes. you know, because um, I came from New York. So, you know, I was a Yankee fan right. and, you know, we'd buy the peanuts and then uh, the peanut shells were everywhere. Nobody was worried that somebody would have anaphylaxis at the uh, the, the baseball stadium right. because there were peanut shells everywhere and everybody was eating peanuts. You know, it was just not a problem. Now it's crazy. Uh, it 's so common they, every school has epipens everywhere, so it's it 's so important and baby boys have a much higher incidence going all the way till puberty, so it 's not just babies all the way through puberty of asthma now asthma yeah. in little boys is far, far more prevalent than in little girls. There's so many little boys now with asthma, but both boys and girls have tremendous problems with food allergies. So we have to do everything we can to try to create that special thing called immune tolerance. And one of the reasons that people get all these allergies is that the food is mixed with Things that never used to be in food, you know, flavors and colors and emulsifiers and herbicides and pesticides, crazy stuff that is in food and it binds some of the proteins from these ingredients, bind to the food, and then because... People don't have healthy guts. The immune system sees these because they have leaky gut and they don't recognize it as food anymore because it's been modified by these added proteins and things from the, the chemicals that are now in our food. So we've got to keep this out of children's bodies. We We just have to teach them because they're around other kids who are having snacks and junk food that not to eat it's really hard what a challenge this is to keep only real food and putting put into our children's mouths
2: Hey, you're not kidding we're going to continue talking with Dr. Felice Gersh but if you're a woman or there's a woman in your life there's something you absolutely need to know
0: I want to tell you about my friend Katie Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work she was totally taken by surprise, and although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless-looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day.
1: You're listening to Parents are Hard to Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one eldercare talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes on demand using the iHeartRadio app. iPhone users can listen on Apple Podcasts and Android users on Google Podcasts. Want a great new way to listen to the show? Have an Amazon Echo or Dot? Just say, Alexa, play Parents are Hard to Raise podcast. Getting the latest episode of Parents are hard to raise. Here it is from iHeartRadio. It's as simple as that.
2: You're right, Dolly. There are really so many cool new ways to listen to our show. It's hard to keep track. You can join the 180 million listeners on Spotify. You can listen in your car, at the gym, or pretty much anywhere on your smartphone with Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You can get us on Apple TV, DirecTV, Roku, and like Dolly said, you can even ask Alexa to play the show for you. It's great because you don't have to be tied to a radio anymore. You can listen when you want, where you want, for as long as you want. And if you're listening to the show in one of these new ways, please do me a big favor. Share this new technology. Help someone else learn about the show and show them a new way to listen. So, Dr. Gersh, we were talking about um, the poor male babies. <laughs> I know. I know. I just want I, to hug them. I, yes. know. Oh, I feel so bad. <laughs> uh, so, how about women? Um, um, do, do we have any disadvantages?
3: <laughs> well, we do tend to live longer statistically yeah. and have certain you know advantages but we do have a lot more prevalence in terms of emotional problems anxiety depression is doubled in females wow. compared to males we are more sensitive to pain we actually feel pain more than do males hmm. we have more insomnia than males wow. and then in terms of other types of conditions after menopause we have far more osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, um, irritable bowel syndrome. We have, sure. and that's at every age, we have more irritable bowel syndrome. And then we have more acid reflux after menopause. So we, we have a lot of chronic issues. Yeah. So, you know, we tend to get fewer um, episodes of t- certain types of cancer. We have statistically less Parkinson's disease. We have fewer heart attacks and strokes earlier, you know, before the age of menopause than, yeah. than males, and we tend to live longer, but we have a lot of other things going against us that we yeah. need to realize, and it really just brings home the point of how males and females are really different, and and it's not about inequality, you know, in terms right. of abilities or anything, you know, what they should do for their careers or pay, but we, if we don't acknowledge the differences and then address them, we're going to really we're not going to be able to help people properly. Yeah. So I think understanding that women do have more sensitivity to pain and emotional trauma. Women are more prone to develop post-traumatic stress disorder. Not that men can't get all these things. We're all talking about just prevalences. Right. And, and so women have very high prescription use of antidepressants and pain mm. pills, and, and it's really been a, a problem because yeah. sleeping pills, I can't tell you how many women I see in my practice, and there's a lot of complications from these medications. In fact, a lot of elderly people, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners yeah. out there, will this will resonate with them. They have an elderly mom who has trouble with mood and sleep and yeah. a lot of and um, osteoarthritis and they go from doctor to doctor and they end up on a pile of pain pills yes. and sleeping pills and antidepressants and and these things have a lot of medical side effects that are really harmful they also increase the risk of instability for example getting lightheaded right. and falling so you're you're giving some of the most high risk populations drugs that make them the most unstable on their feet and and these are really problematic so so many of those elderly women (laughs) at leisure world are being drugged you know and and i know so that's a big big problem yeah so you know there's the solutions are of course not easy but we found that just eating a high plant-based diet there's magic in vegetables and for example, rheumatoid arthritis right. is far more common in females as they age than males. There's a much higher prevalence. Just eating a very high vegetable, varied vegetable diet really? in, for one month. There's a study published if they if someone eats like nine I mean it's a lot, I granted, but it's better than being on all those drugs. Right. If if a woman eats like nine cups of varied vegetables, over one month, her pain from rheumatoid arthritis will decrease by 50%. That's I mean, phenomenal. <laughs> it, it is. It, it is so, it is really amazing what you can do using food as medicine. I mean, Hippocrates was so clever way back, you know, all those thousands of years ago. And, yeah. and, it's, and we've gotten away from it because big pharma has so dominated yes. the medical scene that we forgot about lifestyle issues when you get outside in the sun and yeah. you take a walk really just taking a nice brisk walk in the sun can actually dramatically improve mood and help you sleep walking barefoot or if you don't walk barefoot you know just putting your bare feet onto sand or grass just yeah. like if you go to a park and you take off your shoes and just just put your feet into the grass and on the ground that will reduce your your free radicals and <laughs> which are create inflammation and you can have neuroinflammation this inflammation can be in your brain and then you can sleep better so you know the problem with women you yes. know is that they live long in general right. they live longer but they live with so many disabilities yeah. and and that is not what we call health span you know living every day of your life with a high quality of life and so we need to look at you know, are males and starting at a very young age to try to help them to have a robust immune system so that they don't acquire, you know, cancers and asthma and that type of thing, or develop heart disease at at young ages. I mean, everything, something's going to happen to everybody, but we don't want things to happen prematurely. We don't want people to have, you know, bad things happen when they should be having the, the best times of their lives. So we need to for everyone we need to look at the source of food you know to try to have real food you know the the expression is farm to table right like, you know, what do we need a factory for? You know, you know, how many look, think of the history of mankind, how there was always this beautiful balance. There were the right number of males to the right number of females. Right. You know, everything yeah. was, was balanced and you know, nobody had to worry about food allergies and I mean there were plenty of other things that they could worry about, like trauma, infection, so it's not like it was you know an easy you know go it was, with yeah, it you right. wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the utopia, but you know, but there there was Definitely not a lot of the problems that we're suffering from today—these chronic disabilities and early-aged onset of of diseases—that really, you know, it's like accelerated aging. Yeah. We don't, we definitely don't want that. We live in a world where, um, like, the, the incidence of suicide is really dramatically increasing because mental illness is not always addressed and and in the elderly this is a very big problem we can talk about it definitely in another show you know that Um, There's a difference in that respect for males and females as well as males get very elderly and they're if they're lonely and sad, um, they have a much higher suicide rate. So there's a there's differences between males and females in, in just about every aspect of life. And, you know, what we want is for couples to be together, hopefully for the duration. I mean, one of the things that my my parents both lived into their 90s. My dad couldn't believe it because no one in his family was long-lived really they never got past maybe 70 Wow and he he, he got to 98 oh <laughs> so, my gosh and um, my mother-in-law's birthday is coming up in two days she's turning 100 oh, so fantastic. I know oh my so, gosh. so we um, so there you know but living long but not living well is is not, right. not our yeah. goal so you know recognizing you know, that women are going to have higher rates of, of a lot of these issues and men will have their issues. And, um, and uh, but acknowledging these differences and then addressing them is really going to be the key to enabling everyone to live the longest life possible with the highest quality of life.
2: Yeah, you know, we don't think of our diet or food. The first thing we think of is, oh, call the doctor, get a pill you know, get a prescription for something. And I mean that's amazing with the vegetables and
3: rheumatoid arthritis. For I instance. know. You know, it's I, like how did we get so brainwashed that we yes. that we think that there's well, I, there is no magic pill that is going to fix all the issues of aging. And we, now we know, as, as I've lived through what I call the heyday of big pharma, where there was a blockbuster drug coming out, it seemed like, every other week. Yeah. And many of them fell by the wayside. They got black box warnings. And, um, you know, we're losing our ability to prescribe antibiotics. And, you know, many of the, the mainstay antibiotics are not really approved now for elderly people because they're more likely, like the... Um, like Cipro, that right. you may have heard of, Ciprofloxacin, um, Levoquin. Those kinds of antibiotics are not supposed to be given to elderly people unless it's life and death because they degrade the, the collagen so they can cause tears and rips in ligaments and tendons. Sure. And that's so. And it can also cause arrhythmia. So a lot of our mainstay antibiotics yeah. like Zithromax, like the uh, Z-Pax, yeah. they um, also have black box warnings that they can cause... Even fatal arrhythmias. So we we definitely have to understand that we have to try to not take a lot of pills because right. you know there's so many pills that you know the the um, the NSAIDs you know that are used for arth- osteoarthritis, the joint pains that they triple the risk of a heart attack or a stroke after just three days of use. You oh. know drugs like um, ibuprofen, they are very and naproxen. And then all the other family ones that um, like Mobic and so on, they significantly increase the risk of heart attacks and strokes and they are harmful to the kidneys. So, you know, if we can work with nutrition for our elderly, you know, it's so much better. And and the side effects are all benefits. So if you think about, you know, men have more certain types of cancers well why would that happen that what can we do well if we keep them filled with antioxidants it's inflammation that drives DNA to break and then and that happens in a chronically inflamed environment which can be triggered by nutritional deficiencies among other things well we can't address everything like air pollution we definitely should have air purifiers but we can't help it when outside there's air pollution right. we have to go outside there is a limit to what we can do you know and you know when we have to go to the store you know we're going to go outside right so, exactly but but we can certainly reduce a lot of the inflammation by eating tons of vegetables and and maybe we can stall or maybe completely prevent the onset of a cancer so nutrition is really the the foundation of of every Health program and then exercise is magical. Elderly people need to move, and you know the and osteoarthritis, right. yeah. the osteoarthritis, um, the pain. They've actually shown that if you don't gain weight and, and you eat a healthy anti-inflammatory diet and you keep moving, you know, moving those joints will actually help them. We don't want to just sit, sit, sit. So you know we can have fun things. Get all the elderly. People that we're going to be someday you know right keep them moving so these are lessons for our elderly parents and these are lessons for ourselves you know that that we need to have the foundation we can't start trying to get healthy we can but it's not the optimal you know when we're 80 you right, know, so exactly set the foundation when we're younger by enjoying the, the fruits of the earth you know maybe having a home garden where suddenly when you pick the vegetables or you nothing like growing your own tomato you're right, right and, exactly and and at putting it on the table and slicing it up in front of everyone and how about like for the kids so that because the foundation of health for when you're elderly of course starts from the very beginning, the very, very beginning, even before conception. That's why I work with my women patients to get healthy before they conceive because you actually, now we know, you know, there's things that happen in utero right. that set, set the stage for the rest of a person's life. So it's it's really, it's complex, and it's it's beautiful to celebrate the differences between males and Me- females, yes. right? <laughs> you know, and say, okay, we are different. We but, are different. Th- yes, that's right. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Felice. And
2: uh, your new book, we want to um, tell people, how can we get that, purchase
3: your new book? Well, my new book is called PCOS SOS, and it's all about Naturally restoring health to women with the most common endocrine disorder, polycystic ovary syndrome, and it's available on Amazon. Perfect. And um, how can people email you? Well, I have um, my my website, which is Felice L. Gersh. MD. I always forget, it has my middle initial in there, so it's L, you got to remember the L, FeliceLGershMD.com, and you can contact me through my website. Perfect, thank you again so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Parents are Hard to Raise family,
2: we love getting your emails and questions, so please keep sending them. You can reach me at DianaParentsAreHardToRaised.org, or just click the green button on our homepage. Parents are Hard to Raise is a CounterThink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Well Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. We love our parents, but parents sure are hard to raise. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, may you forget everything you don't want to remember. And remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week we